I'm trying real hard to wean myself off the Popeye's chicken sandwich. I can't do it. They've got a special kind of pickle in there. The pickle is the source of the addictive material, I'm pretty sure. My uncle told me the other day, he said, son, if you test for an elevated level of Cajun seasoning, your doctor's gonna take you off them janks forever. You're gonna be cold turkey. So I've tried to limit my intake to one Popeye's chicken sandwich a week. Today I was going into the chicken sandwich space, also called the drive-thru at Popeye's. And I came out there, I came up to the, I got my sandwich. I pulled up to the, to the curb. I'm trying to get back into traffic to go to a secluded spot to enjoy my chicken sandwich in peace. Be alone with my chicken sandwich. And there's a guy there, he's in this Prius and he's got a big peace sign in the back. Not the back, but you know, the, 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 the rearmost side window he's got a bunch of san francisco giants stuff all over he's got a i don't know he's about 65 he's let his hair grow long and shaggy like the hippies out in san francisco do and he's back from the other car quite a bit like not quite a full car length like i could have probably nosed in there but i didn't i was just gonna wait you know to see but i assumed he was letting me in and uh the light turns green, the traffic starts to move. And he looks right at me, throws me the one finger salute and starts to go. I'm like, wow. So of course I flashed him the peace sign. The English professor and me couldn't resist giving a little lesson in irony. I don't know what this guy was thinking, you know. Uh, I don't know him, I don't think. But you know, did he think because I'm sitting in a filthy pickup truck wearing a trucker hat pulled down over my eyes that I'm his enemy? I don't know. I don't know what the visual rhetoric of pickup driving is, but I think it's something and I think that it's possibly changing because I seem to be experiencing driving a pickup uh, in a different way recently than I have in the last 40 years that I've been driving one. Let me give you another really recent example here. I'm out fishing. I walk up to my truck. I'm fishing this little tiny stream up in the mountains about a half an hour from here. I've been fishing there since I was a kid. My granny used to sit there knitting or sewing together quilt pieces and watching me fish there when I was tiny. It was a, you know, it's just a place that I fish mostly out of nostalgia. I fish with an old fiberglass rod with a automatic reel you push the button and it reels up the line it's what all the old men fished when i was a kid and uh you know i i just fish up there a couple times a year alone um but anyway i i walk out of the of the creek i get back to my filthy truck that looks like a work truck and uh and this guy comes up to talk to me and he's like oh how'd you do are there fish in that tiny creek and you know how long have you been fishing up here and you know, whatever, checking out my my redneck credentials while leaning over the bed of my pickup, surveying my collection of beer cans and cut off two by four ends and whatever other junk I've got back there, which I definitely had. And I'm like, oh yeah, fish up here. There used to be these little cabins down here. And you know, I just, 
kind of do this out of nostalgia because I've been coming up here for 50 years, you know, or whatever. Whatever, just talk to him for a minute. And uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, I might go around and fish over here. And, you know, there's some fish down this spot. I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks. I think I'm going to go down the, down the hill to my other spot. And uh, I won't go into the whole story because it, it's uncomfortable and, I, and I'm trying not to be too negative on the podcast. But it, but he said some racist stuff about who he thinks is leaving beer bottles and taking out all the, all the fish. And I won't go into my whole reaction to that. But, but basically I said, oh, wow, whenever I see that kind of thing, I assume that it's other rednecks doing it. And, you know, we got plenty of rednecks around here. I don't know what your stereotype is about California, but I don't know that Farmers and rednecks are the only people who drive pickups. And I don't know that I'm not a redneck. You know, uh, country music and, and some other, you know, country people have been attempting to reclaim that that term. And I kind of thought for a while that it was kind of funny and there was some irony in it. And I kind of identified with that. But I don't know that I do anymore, frankly. And, you know, we live in farm country and, uh, you know, our boat is down in farm country and and I want to tell you that uh, you know when I'm driving my pickup the sheep herder always waves to me <laughs> coming down the levee on his four-wheeler but uh, you know they never do when I'm in a Toyota so I don't know I've been driving a pickup for almost 40 years and I've never, it's never seemed to be like there's a, a kind of guy who drives a pickup thing, but, but maybe, and I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe I'm making it up. I mean, I, I don't know. It's not like I do research for these things. I'm just thinking about my experiences recently with this. I mean, you know, in a, in a way, like a, I've always thought it was cool that, you know, the farmers would wave to me when I was driving a pickup. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. They don't see me as an outsider or whatever, you know, but. Like, but wait a minute. Does that also make them feel like they can pull me over and give me an extemporaneous eugenics lecture? So I want to assert that there's a change. And the obvious culprit here is a certain kind of country music. And in case you don't listen to country music on the radio, there's a a trend where every song it seems like is about trucks and and uh, I'm wondering is that just you know my luck so I, I checked it out a little bit there's a there's a, an article in a publication called the drive that that researched all of this and it says that the truck thing peaked in uh, 2011 where 11 per, sorry in 2019 where 11% of the songs on country radio were about trucks. Now compared to the 1940s and 50s through the 70s, even into the 80s, about 1% of the songs were about trucks and most of those songs were about big rigs, about truck driving, you know, as, a, as an occupation. The king of this genre apparently is a guy named Justin Moore who I don't think I know, but I might. He's charted 16 hit songs in the last 10 years and 30% actually to be fair to Justin Moore 29.6% of his songs are about trucks 
You know, what's interesting about the, the truck song in country music is that the sort of hippie, anti-country, country songs sort of identified pickups as a, as a, a topic too cliched to enter into serious songwriting probably in the late 60s or early 70s. Um, and the modern country, uh, you know, pickup truck song really, I mean, I guess it starts with Hank Williams Jr.'s uh, Country Boy Can't Survive. I got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive. Country Boy Can't Survive. Because that uh, that song is referenced in nearly every one of the ridiculous contemporary truck songs. But there's, you know, a gap between those songs um, and these contemporary truck songs. I, I, you know, then that song's from like the 1980s, and the, I would say that the that the truck country movement is a is a phenomenon of the 2000s. Of course, you know, trucks like long haul trucking has been a subject of country music for a long time. It kind of flows out of a tradition of train songs, like the wreck of the old 97. Um, you know, where the the engineer goes down with the train. You know, songs like Six Days on the Road, which is a great song. Um, Taj Mahal did an amazing version of it in the in the late 60s. You know, a lot of different people have done it, uh, and, and it's kind of a, a great song. It's from the early 60s. Um, you know, or Red Sovain's Phantom 309. I don't know if you I don't know if you know that song. And it's definitely out of that tradition of like the wreck of the old 97. It's about a, you know, a, a guy meets a ghost trucker who tells him a story about trucking. But again, this is about long haul trucking. This is about work. This is not about, you know, pickup as identity. And, you know, the the Hank Jr. Country Boy Can Survive song really is sort of just like the the list of cliches. I got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive. Country Boy Can Survive is just sort of the list of cliches that that uh, that I would say the modern country truck song inherits uncritically. So I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself and listing things like I tend to do. So let's back up a minute. So in the late 60s and early 70s, there were, uh, you know, bands like The Birds um, were experimenting with country music. People like Buck Owens and the Buckaroos were becoming kind of a little bit pop stars. You know, the Beatles or Ringo Starr, I don't remember which, recorded Act Naturally um, and, uh, and sort of one of their songs and sort of put them on the map. The Birds, again, they made the Sweethearts of the Rodeo record, which was basically a country record with the great Clarence White on guitar. And, and uh, you know, the outlaw country mo movement, um, people like Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, uh, Jerry Jeff Walker uh, were starting to get some popularity. And so they were coming up against uh, sort of the limits of what um, would be allowed in Nashville. There's a, a great song called You Never Even Called Me By My Name by Steve Goodman and John Prine, and it was a, basically a parody of a country song. And uh, John Prine thought it was so ridiculous that he didn't want to put his name on it, and he gave the song to Steve Goodman, his, his friend, a, a great folk singer who had a hit with the City of New Orleans um, song you might not, that you might know. Riding on the City of New Orleans. And anyway, David Allen Coe, a kind of outlaw, country 
star. Uh, recorded it in the early 70s and had a hit with it, but he, he has this long talking interlude in it where he, he says that Steve said it was the perfect country and western song, and he wrote him back and said it's not the perfect country and western song because it doesn't say anything about trucks or mama or prison or getting drunk. So he just added to the list of cliches, and then Steve Goodman wrote another verse that says, well, I was drunk, the day my mom got out of prison and I went to pick her up in the rain before I could get to the station in my pickup truck she got runned over by a damned old train it's a great song it's really funny and and again like the truck it's just too much of a cliche to go there there's another great song that fits you know, right into that tradition. It's called Up Against the Wall, Redneck Mother. Jerry Jeff Walker had a hit with it in, in the early 70s. Um, and yeah, and it was written by a songwriter named Ray Wiley Hubbard, who, you know, in, he tells the story, he says, the problem with the song is that, you know, when you're, when you're dealing in irony, not everyone gets it. Some people think it's serious, so they think that you're a redneck or they embrace it rather than laughing at it but anyway the the you know the character in the song he loves his falstaff beer he likes to chase it down with that wild turkey liquor he drives a 57 gmc pickup truck he's got a gun rack goat ropers need love to sticker bumper stickers the tag is it's up against the wall redneck mother's mother who has raised her son so well he's 34 and drinking in a honky tonk just to kick in hippies asses and raising hell oh baby play it for mama and then there's an acrostic poem m is for the mud flaps you give me for my pickup o is for the oil i put in my hair T is for T-Bird, H is for Haggard, E is for Eggs, and R is for Redneck. It's really interesting because, you know, Up Against the Wall Redneck Mother is a version of Up Against the Wall Mother Effer, which was uh, the name of an anarchist group in the 60s and a rallying cry for much of the counterculture, kind of the extreme fringes of it, really. The phrase has an interesting history on its own, um, but it became sort of, uh, I don't know, significant again shortly after the song came out or Jerry Jeff's version of it came out. Because um, if you remember, Patty Hearst was kidnapped and then she, you know, Stockholm Syndrome, identified with the people that kidnapped her, the SLA. She uh, robbed a bank with them and she famously ran in the bank and said, up against the wall, mother effers. And so that was a potent phrase at the time that Hubbard was using it. And and again, it was it was uh, it was to mock the um, conformity and conservatism of of the uh, Nashville establishment. And and again, it, 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 the the pickup, the mud flaps, the gun rack, the bumper sticker, were all considered things that would be, you know, so cliched that you that you wouldn't use them. They were parody. And yet, 
you know, the modern country music has embraced this cliche of a truck as, as you know, the, the centerpiece of, of contemporary country music. You know, the best of these songs, I guess I'd have to say, which also seems to have a sense of irony, uh, is Blake Shelton's Boys Around Here. You know, and it starts off right at the beginning with that reference to Hank Williams Jr., whose nickname was Bo Cephas. Well, the boys around here don't listen to the Beatles run old Bo Cephas through a jukebox needle. And it's got the tag in, you know, red, 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 redneck. Um, you know, talking about girls, talking about trucks, running them red dirt roads out, kicking up dust. And, you know, it seems fun, I guess. Um... On the other hand, you know, I've encountered a lot of people who, um, who you know, take it as their sort of mantra. I guess the worst of all of these songs has to be Tim McGraw's song, Truck Yeah. <laughs> Where they yell out, Truck Yeah, all the time. It's kind of crazy. It starts off with this, like, 80s kind of heavy metal lick, and then it says, Got Little Wayne pumping on my iPod. You know, Little Wayne, the rapper. It's like, yeah, I'm. I listen to Little Wayne, but I, what I want you to listen to is some rich country star who's married to Faith Hill to rap, because it it goes into you know it goes through all kinds of genres. I mean, it starts off with this, you know, '80s heavy metal lick, and it ends up or you know hook riff, and then it starts uh, you know down the road with the rap music. And the truck's got to be jacked up. Let's crank it up. Yeah. With a little bit of luck, I can find a girl with the truck. Yeah. We can love it on up. Yeah. Till the sun comes up. Yeah. And if you think this life I love is a little too country, truck. Yeah. It is crazy how bad this song is. And I'm sorry. I mean, if it's your thing, then more power to you. I, I just, uh, and I, I know I shouldn't. I try to be positive on the podcast. I try to not run down anybody's art, you know. But I, I one, I feel like I, I feel like these cliches really misrepresent the people they're designed to appeal to. Um, I feel that they create damaging stereotypes. I feel like I'm somewhat, you know, um, judged by the stereotypes it creates. And I feel like, you know, that, that kind of uh, that kind of checklist of, of markers for who you are. You know, I got this truck, I, you know, I've got the shotgun, I have the rifle and the four-wheel drive um, are just so reductive. And I think that they reduce us down into positions that we're... Uh, that we think we understand about the other person. And so when you walk up to the other person, you're like, oh, I see the truck or I see the boots or I see the whatever. So I know the shotgun, the rifle and the four wheel drive or whatever, you know, whatever flows from those things. And I feel that they have uh, stopped the conversation between us. Um, I feel like I'd rather the guy in the in the Prius pulls me over and says, hey, how come you're driving a truck? Are you a you know, are you going to give me a lecture on, you know, the racist lecture on fishing? 
And I could say, uh, no. Do you really believe in your peace sign, or is that just a way of you, you know, feeling good about yourself? And I feel like the cliches destroy the conversation, and I guess that's um, the problem for me. So I'm sorry if I'm running down your music. I don't mean to. But I do believe that we all deserve a little bit better, and I think with a little more nuance and complexity, we might start talking to each other again, which is something we really need to do right now. All right, friends, that's it. Thanks for listening. As always, I'll see you next week on the Internet. Like, follow, subscribe, tell your friends, and all that business. Thanks.